time now to spotlight the markets in your portfolio, particularly that 60-40 portfolio. Joining me right now to explain and give us some updates, Adam Hetz is with us, Global Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for the invite, Nicole. So we always thought about the 60-40 portfolio, or you know, our parents did that, um, but now things are changing. Where, how do you view the market in the current environment? People love to hate the 60-40. It might have that boomer connotation. And the 60-40 definitely had, call it its Twitter moment earlier this year. People had been using it every day for years. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. we're running away in droves. Some people were questioning why they even used it in the first place. But the 60-40, at least, I think, is past that near-death experience. Maybe it was just a midlife crisis in hindsight. So I think the 60-40 has a, a new lease on life. The 60s looking a lot better than it did in January. The 40s certainly has been fixed if the 40s a fixed income portion. It's just yeah. a matter of it looking a lot different in the 60 and the 40 than it did even just back in January. And before we get into the breakdown of each one of those, when you say the 60 is looking better than it did in January, you're referring to equities, right? That's the equity piece. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Where do you see the equity market going and why? In hindsight, since the global financial crisis, it was sort of an awesome run for awful portfolios. So greed was good in equities, a lot of concentration in those high mega cap tech names. Even some of the unprofitable tech names is really a good trade in hindsight. So now going forward, we don't think greed is good anymore. We don't think it's concentration. We think it's diversification and we think quality is a virtue. So in right. short, what we've seen this year, a lot of the losses that pain was driven by the PE re-rating, so the price to earnings multiple. Right. So money got more expensive as rates rose, the PE went down sort of in lockstep with the 10-year rate going up. Yeah. So now the PE is sort of stabilized, we think, as rates have somewhat become range-bound. Now the focus goes in the E, or earnings. And if you're looking at earnings as maybe the next shoe to drop, potentially an earnings slowdown, what do you do? You look for stable earnings, and stable earnings are a hallmark of quality investing. Right, without a doubt. I mean, and some of those tech names, I mean, there was certainly a feeling they were frothy and overvalued in the first place, which has really become um, evident when we see all the layoffs that are happening. I mean, it was just too much, too fast. And now, as you said, PE is coming down and probably to better levels. So are you still in the 60-40 portfolio? Are you still doing 60 for equities and 40 for fixed income? Or does that need to also change? It depends on who you're talking to and who the clients are we're consulting with. The 60-40 is a, a construct, and it really stands for a traditional stock and bond portfolios, long-only right. equities and long-only bonds. There's more room than ever on alternatives or long-short on constrained strategies. But within the 60, it's looking at quality, particularly in the U.S. And it's not forgetting about global equities, if I can step back and go global for a second. Yeah, yeah. For global investors, the international developed side is a crucial piece because it's the value, more cyclically oriented, mature companies you see across Europe and other international developed markets. You're seeing double or triple the dividend yields in the U.S. from relatively healthy companies. High dividends could be a red herring for structurally flawed business models and value traps. So to be selective and be smart to find those sustainable cash flows, but PEs, unlike the U.S. that are just at averages, at or around averages, PEs and international developed are at historic lows, almost 20-year yeah. lows. So there is yeah. definitely some value there and value traps. To be right, without a doubt. And so you said, are you looking more towards large cap and leaders in their field, companies with moats? Um, are you staying away from maybe emerging markets, or how are you deciphering what to get in 
the international play. So you mentioned moats. So we built this quality framework. We call it the moat framework. So, right. so moats one of the most recognizable terms within quality investing. It's competitive advantages and companies that can be resilient in the face of a downturn or a recession mm -hmm. or at least a slowing growth environment. And right. we're at least in the latter. Maybe, maybe not a recession. Yeah. But also the M for margins, companies that can survive in an inflationary regime with wider margins. The O in moat is for the companies that have great ownership and nimble management to survive a changing landscape, which is yeah. changing dramatically just in the 11 months of this year. And then the T, the last piece is for financial tenacity. So the companies that aren't overly leveraged or over relying on short-term leverage. When right. you think about the interest rate volatility we have, that's going to feed through to their bottom line and cause some problems for companies that haven't been strategically financed. Yeah, it's pretty hard to try and figure out which ones have the best value and are the quality companies. I mean, granted, you look at cash flow, you look at PE, you look at dividend payers, you look, are they a dividend aristocrat? Um, you know, you watch the management closely, which you mentioned. Um, so I think all of those are important. Now moving to the fixed income side of it, what happens there? I mean, as we've seen rates on the rise, I know we're off the highs, and there's questions whether or not we move back higher or not, but where do we stand in, in investing in bonds? Investing in bonds back in January, that was the tough question. Now that's the easy question. So we had this pain to gain in fixed income. We had pain the first half of the year, and we had the worst losses ever on the global fixed income benchmarks. And so now we're in that gain stage where fixed income is sort of fixed. You've got right. mid-single-digit yields in the core. You've got almost double-digit yields outside the core in the non-investment grade space. So these are the yields investors have been dreaming about for years. Now we have them. They have to kind of look past the trauma from year to date and think going forward and look at the rate environment. And there's a lot to pick from. You just actually have to be picky at this point to avoid yeah. what could happen in a, a slowdown. If we, that's what we and see And I guess next six based months. on your comments, the worst is over on both. You said in equities, it's looking better now. You said it was early in the year. It was hard for it to pick bonds. Now it seems to be a little better yeah. to pick. So I guess we're past it. Come back soon. Give us some updates soon. Nice to see yeah, you, Adam Heads. Janice Henderson, Investors.